Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode five of the Fish Tank Guy podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 19th, 2017. I've gotten a little bit behind, but you know, I think that's just because of the season and everything that's going on, getting ready for Christmas and getting over Thanksgiving and snow and all that other good stuff. So I hope everybody's had uh, a good last few weeks here since Thanksgiving and hopefully all your Christmas preparation is going well. Um, I think I'm pretty good right now. I think we got all the gifts for the kids. I've got some gifts for my wife and um, I got to get a few things for my parents. Um, But other than that, I think I'm pretty much set. We've got all the decorations up, and my wife had a cookie exchange party, and I'm just along, going along for the ride, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, so uh, hopefully you enjoy the the holiday season. I'm not, I you know, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the spirit as much, probably for the last five years. <laughs> I don't know, I just, I haven't been in the Christmas mood ever since their responsibility started, you know, piling up, but uh, I guess that's the way it is. So what else has been going on with everybody out there? I know, I know when I say everybody, I mean like, like 10 people, but hey, 10 people is better than zero, so uh, what's going on with everybody? What's everybody been up to? Me, I've been dealing with snow, we've had a lot of snow here recently, and um you know, my wife has uh, my wa- my wife. She has a uh, a Subaru Legacy. It's four wheel drive, and despite the fact that it's four wheel drive, she still wants studded snow tires. So every season, I I get the joyous I get the joyous task of lugging all of the tires up from the basement and changing all of them in the in the garage, and then lugging the uh, all seasons back down to the basement and then repeating in the spring so i did that and uh with some of the influx of snow now in the bigger house we've got a bigger driveway it's it's a little bit longer but it's also wider so i've been finding that snow blowing has kind of been a pain in the butt because uh, the driveway is so wide in certain parts that i'm just going to end up moving the snow over and then go and make it another path and just kind of like moving it over and over and over until it's off the driveway and i just i, I yeah i don't know i don't like doing that i just like making the one pass blowing it out out to the side and in the yard and then just moving on but the one interesting thing about my new neighborhood is that many of the people have their driveways like plowed for them believe it or not and these people don't have like long driveways, but they have their driveways plowed, and uh, so they don't really care about their sidewalks. So all the sidewalks are totally full of snow. So I decided to be the opposite of the laziest person in the neighborhood, and I snowblowed the sidewalk in front of my house, and I felt pretty pretty proud of myself and uh, it doesn't matter anyway because nobody in my neighborhood ever uses the sidewalk I don't understand why but uh, you, you know you'll be driving to work in the morning when it's almost dark and there'll be uh, some moron walking on the street not even like on the edge of the street but out enough into the street that if you weren't paying attention and you hit them you'd go to jail for the rest of your life and they would uh either make it or they wouldn't but 
in all honesty, I don't understand. I don't know why they don't use a sidewalk. I, I don't get it. If somebody can talk to me about this and, and give me an idea as to why people choose to not use the sidewalk, and it's like a perfect, it's perfectly good sidewalk. There's no big bumps and dips, and people are even pushing strollers with their kids in it on the street. I don't get it. I don't know. It's just me. So anyway, enough of all that. Uh, what else has been going on? Um, been trying to listen to some Christmas music. My wife listens. My wife, she listens to uh, a lot of poppy Christmas music, which is fine, you know. Um, but every now and then, I find myself gravitating back to those old classics. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just kind of I like them a little bit more. The Frank Sinatra's, the 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 Dean Martin type. Christmas traditional songs, walking in a winter land, wonderland and whatnot. Um, but this year, I found that I have a new favorite Christmas song. And if you've never heard of the song before, uh, I'll give you a reference, and then you might know it. But uh, the song is called "That Spirit of Christmas," and it's by Ray Charles. And if you've ever seen the movie Christmas Vacation, uh, you if you haven't seen that movie. There's something wrong with you. You need to go see it, right? But um, if you've seen that movie, if you remember the scene where Clark Griswold goes up into the attic and he's watching the old family movies, family home movies, and he's you know becoming emotional and everything and watching what you know Christmases were like when he was a kid, the song that's playing when he's in the attic is that song, Ray Charles' That Spirit of Christmas. It's a great christmas song so i've been listening to some christmas music here and there i was actually really excited uh, a brand new lincoln park live cd came out it's called one more light live and it's basically their kind of tribute send-off to chester bennington because it was recorded during the last live shows that he ever did and i purchased it before it came out I, you know, I pre-ordered it on Amazon, so then I got the digital copy the day it came out, and then I got the physical copy a day or two later in the mail, and it's really awesome. There's 16 songs on it. They're all really good. They're all really well done. You know, Chester's voice sounds amazing. Um, one More Light sounds really good. Sharp Edges is another really good one, too, and Chester actually plays the guitar on it, so that was really cool. And, um, yeah, I really like it, so I've been listening to that a lot, and... Um, been enjoying that so that's been good um what else is going on not a whole lot you know i'm just kind of dealing with the whole trying to schedule everything for christmas which is a giant pain in the butt and uh you know just managing everybody's expectations of how much fun you should have on the holiday (laughs) oh boy okay so um i'm gonna do something new this week that's going to be in the non-fish related section of the podcast kind of to give the podcast some structure so i'm i'm deciding to do what i call rapid fire movie reviews now i know there are a million people doing movie reviews online so like i don't want to like go into doing these in-depth you know reviews of movies but uh, i'm gonna explain a little bit here before i start the segment so years ago when i was in college which was many years ago now I decided to start keeping track of all the movies that I watched, like a huge nerd, right? And even to this day, when I tell people about this, I tell them, 
Fair warning, I'm a gigantic nerd. Prepare yourself for what I'm about to tell you. I keep a spreadsheet with all the movies I've ever watched them. And on top of that, I give the movies a grade, a letter grade, A through F. Now, the reason behind this is years ago when I was in college, I was, you know, watching movie trailers, whatever I was doing, and I saw this movie that looked really good in the trailer. So I started watching the movie, and it seemed a little familiar, but I couldn't remember it. And as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, okay, this movie's okay. It's not as great as it looked like it, you know, it did in the trailers. Most of the time they aren't. And I got to the end of the movie, and right as the bad ending started, the memory hit me like a ton of bricks in the face that I had already seen this so-so movie with a bad ending. I had already seen it, and I had erased it from my mind and didn't hold any memory of it whatsoever except for when I started seeing that bad ending. And I can't even tell you what movie it was now at this point, but I watched that. I wasted two hours twice to get through a so-so movie with a bad ending. And at that point in time, I told myself, look, I'm going to do something to prevent this from happening again. And that's why I now create a list of movies in an Excel spreadsheet like a total dork, and I grade them all. So if someday I watch a trailer for a movie and it looks pretty decent, I look on my list first to see if I saw it or not. And it's actually saved me a few times. There have been at least four or five times when I've referenced my list and gone, oh, well, I actually already saw that movie and I gave it a D. It was bad. Okay, so that being said, I'm going to start doing this every week. I'm going to do five rapid fire movie reviews. I'm going to give you the title of the movie. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you like a brief description of what the movie's about. And then I'm going to give you a letter grade and like a one or two sentence review really quick Five movies. And I'm going to try to start with the newest movies on my list and work my way backwards. Um, but obviously I'm not going to watch five movies you know, every two weeks. So, you know, we're eventually going to get into some old school stuff uh, that I probably won't even remember what the uh, movie was about. But that being said, here's my grading scale. A is awesome. B is it was worth watching and I might watch it again. C is it was okay. I didn't feel like I wasted my time, but it was amazing. D, waste of time, maybe a, a couple redeemable qualities. F, total waste of time. Don't watch it. Maybe I didn't even finish it. Most most of the F movies, I didn't even finish. I didn't even bother. I wasn't interested. Okay? All right. So, here we go. I'm going to try to try to keep this quick here because I want to hit that half hour mark this week. That's what I want to do, half hour. All right. So, the first movie is called Wind River. This uh, is a movie starring uh, Jeremy Renner. And it's essentially about... Um, a homicide that takes place on an Indian reservation, like basically in the middle of nowhere. And Jeremy Renner is, um, I don't even know what he is. He says he's a hunter, but he's like an animal and game commission type guy. And he is involved in the investigation to try to figure out what happened to this young lady. Um, I thought it was really good. Um, I thought the acting was great. I thought the story was cool and the setting was cool. I gave it an A minus. So that's a good one. Um, the next one, uh, Happy Death Day. I thought this movie looked really silly when I saw the trailer in the movie theater, but essentially it's about a girl who's in college who uh, wakes up one morning 
and later that night she dies and right when she dies she wakes up on that morning again so think of groundhog day think of groundhog day except instead of uh like in groundhog day bill murray had to figure out how to be a nice person right or something like that uh instead of that she has to figure out who her murderer is uh surprisingly it was pretty good i gave it a b plus it was kind of funny uh there was sort of a twist at the end and it was interesting so happy death day b plus um next movie is called mother with an exclamation mark on the end it's with jennifer lawrence and uh javier barton it's really weird i'm I can't even really tell you much without giving it away, but they live in this house in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden all these strangers start showing up, and weird things start happening, and it's just like a... It's crazy. Um, I gave it a C plus. I thought it was interesting. I think it was worth watching once, um, but it wasn't really amazing. I don't know if it would be a movie I'd watch again. So there you go. There's Mother. Okay, so there's three movies. All right, two more. Uh, Justice League. I saw Justice League in the theater. Um, with TJ and uh, unless you guys are living under a rock it's like Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman um, Aquaman Flash um, Cyborg and I'm not sure if there's somebody else but I went in with super low expectations and my expectations were surpassed so I gave Justice League an A- minus. I thought it had some good action it was pretty funny in parts the Flash was really funny and um, I don't know. The the villain was a little weak, but other than that, I thought it was a really good movie. So Justice League, A-. minus. All right, and then last one would be a, a Bad Moms Christmas. This was – there was the original Bad Moms movie, Amelia Kunis, um, Kristen Bell, and I can never remember the other lady's name, the redhead lady. Um I, like, I thought the first movie was just okay. My wife thought it was funny. Um, I guess in this movie, these moms decide to, like, do Christmas their own way, right? They're, they don't want to make a bunch of cookies and go to plays and do all they just want to have fun or whatever. And I, I gave it a C. I thought it was really, like, I mean, there were some pretty funny parts, but other than that, it was, like, pretty over the top. There were some characters in it that were totally unbelievable. Um, and obviously it was geared towards the ladies, so, uh, might not be quite right up my alley, so I gave it a C. So, just to hit you back with the five movies that I reviewed today in less than five minutes, and I think I nailed it, is, uh, Wind River, A-, Happy Happy Death Day, B+, Mother, C+, Justice League, A-, and Bad Mom's Christmas is a C. All right. So there you have it. There, there is the five movie rapid fire review. I don't know what I'm gonna. I need to call it something. I'll see if you guys like it or not. You might think it's really stupid, and I'll cut it out. But hey, I'm floundering, floundering here on the Fish Tank Guy podcast, just trying to figure out like a good structure week to week. You know, maybe I'll get some more people listening, then I'll get some more feedback. So. Okay, that being said, we talked about Christmas a little bit. We talked about uh, Snow, Linkin Park, your favorite Christmas song. Hey, if you have a favorite Christmas song, maybe, you know, shoot me a tweet or, you know, put it in the comments or something and let me know what some of your favorite Christmas songs are. Uh, Maybe you'll all discover some new stuff that is uh, good. All right, so now it's on to the fishy stuff. How how far are we here? 15, 1550. Wow, I got 14. I talked a little bit long about um, non-tank related stuff, so sorry about that, but... We're going to keep it around 30 minutes a day, I think. Okay, so 
the the first thing is the fish tank tower update that's a i've i've been crushing it lately on the fish tank tower now for most of the people that watch my channel you i know that you think to yourself this guy is slower than slow because it takes him forever to do anything <clears throat> but the thing you have to understand is hold on give me one second Sorry, I need something to drink. <clears throat> the thing you have to understand is that, uh, you know, when you're an adult and you have all these other things to do and you have to go to work all day and then you come home and you make dinner, you clean up or, you know, whatever you do, the amount of time to do the extra stuff is pretty minimal. And I have, like, way too many hobbies, you know. I like playing guitar. I like video games. By the way, I just beat Limbo. I kid you not. Just today. I just beat Limbo, and I got the final achievement. If any anybody out there is a video gamer, you know the game Limbo. Um, I got the final achievement, which is beating the entire game in one sitting with uh, less than five deaths, or five deaths or less, and I just got it, and that game is done. I got all 200 achievements in it. Anyway, so I got video games. I like playing guitar. I like doing fish stuff. I like music. And, you know, I'd like to read more. So I, I got so many things I'm trying to balance here. So anyway, Fish Tank Tower update. It's coming along really well. Uh, I have the sump actually built and finished. All the glass baffles are in place. It's ready to go. The other three tanks are on the fish tank tower. The egg crate has been installed in those three tanks already. I have the the tower itself pulled away from the wall, and I'm currently installing all of the plumbing that I should have completed sometime this evening. And then I'm going to give you guys an overview of everything I did with the plumbing. Um, and now, honestly, in real life, the videos that I have out on YouTube are a little bit behind, but that's because I know that there are going to be points in time over the next few months that I'm not going to be able to make a video every week. So what I do is I make the videos as I'm, you know, building the system, but I only release them once a week. So that way I'm regularly, regularly releasing one video a week to keep the content consistent. But I understand that I get a little behind on my channel um, as opposed to real life, but I just can't pump them all out at once because then I'll have a big gap where I'm, I'm releasing nothing. So I hope, hopefully you guys understand. Uh, why I do that. So the fish tank tower is looking really good. I'm hoping right after the holidays to uh, get the sand into the three tanks, start filling them up, and get the entire system cycling. So that's cool. All right. Um, other than that, bio my bio cube uh, it's going okay. It looks pretty good. No real complaints. I'm building up algae fairly quickly. Uh, that could be because my protein skimmer, which is what I'll be talking about today in my fish tank topic of the week. Oh, and I didn't do a fish of the week. I got to do that. Okay. So um, the I think it be, could be because the protein skimmer has not been working. Uh, I'm getting some more algae buildup in the tank than I prefer. Uh, it's happening at a you know quicker pace, so I got to be cleaning it off like every other day, which I don't like doing. So uh, there's that with that. Um, the 10-gallon nano reef is doing really well. I added three coral to it a couple weeks ago, and those three coral are doing very well. And Mulder and Scully, my two clownfish, are doing awesome in the tank also. So that's doing good. And I actually have an update on my 16-gallon freshwater. I recently just purchased two Dalmatian mollies for it, along with some black skirt fin, uh, black skirt tetras, not fin, 
black skirt tetras. So I added four fish to that tank. Now I have a total of seven fish in it and I cleaned it up and everything. It's looking a lot nicer. So I hope I hopefully am going to keep up with that a little bit more than I have been. So there you have my personal updates with uh, fish tank related stuff. And now I'm going to move on to the topic of this week, which are uh, which is going to be protein skimmers. I get a lot of questions about protein skimmers. What are they? Are they necessary? Do they make a difference? And honestly, I know what protein skimmers are. I've never had an expensive one, so I can't really speak to the quality difference between them. But I did get a larger, what I hope to be a nicer protein skimmer for the fish tank tower, even though it was still relatively inexpensive. But I've read that it rivals some of the more expensive ones. So that being said, I'm going to talk about protein skimmers. I did a little research and I'm going to first talk to you about what they are and what they do. Okay. So this is coming from a website called fishlore.com um, forward slash protein skimmer.htm. And um, they basically talk about all things related to aquariums and aquarium fish. Okay. So we're going to start first with what is a protein skimmer? All right. It's a piece of aquarium equipment that is primarily, and I'm cutting out some things just so I don't bore you to tears, is a piece of aquarium equipment that is primarily used in saltwater aquariums in order to remove dissolved organic compounds and other harmful, I can read, and other harmful substances that if not removed can break down in the aquarium or filter, adding to the biological load on the aquarium. Okay. Um... Basically, they remove substances completely from the water using air bubbles that are collected in a collection cup. As air and water are mixed in the skimmer chamber, the bubbles rise and take with them the dissolved organics that are attracted to the bubble surface. When the bubbles with the proteins, amino acids, and other nasty stuff bubble up from the tube into the collection cup, they are completely removed from the aquarium. Now this is a this is a crucial difference here between regular you know mechanical filtration. Unlike a mechanical filter that just traps solids but still exposes them to the aquarium as the water continues to flow over them, all the while these solids are breaking down and adding to the total bio load on a tank. So that's things like filter floss. Uh, skimmer skimmers could possibly be consider be skimmers could possibly be considered. They typo here. Skimmers could possibly be considered as one of the most significant advances for the saltwater hobbyist. Okay. Now, um, here are a couple bullet points on benefits. Skimmers increase the dissolved oxygen levels. They remove dissolved organics before they get a chance to break down and become a food source for nuisance algae. Um, by removing dissolved organics, the aquarium water clarity does not age or yellow as quickly since the dissolved organic compounds buildup is less, allowing light to penetrate deeper into the tank for the benefit of corals and other inverts. can help lead to a more stable pH since less dissolved organics are in the system and an, oh, leads to an overall improvement in the health and vigor of the animals in the aquarium since their waste is being removed from the system via the collection cup. So there are your benefits. Now, this website actually lists some drawbacks to protein skimmers. Um, number one, they can be very to extremely expensive. That's true. 
Uh, two, they can remove beneficial bacteria as well as phytoplankton and other desirable organisms from a system. All right. And they can also remove trace elements that may need to be replenished or supplemented, such as iodine. Okay, so there are a couple of drawbacks. Um, this website also notes, um, hey, although it is my opinion that the protein skimmers positives far outweigh the negatives, I still have to mention there are the drawbacks to using a protein skimmer. So there, there's a little bit more information about that. Now, uh, here's the next big question that I get. And aside from me answering, I just want to give you another source, the same website, this fish lore website. Do I really need... To, man, I don't know. This guy has a lot of grammatical problems here. Do I really need to a protein skimmer? Do I really need to have a protein skimmer? Yeah, I believe is what they were going for there. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. The short answer is no. You don't have to run a protein skimmer on your setup. There are many hobbyists that run successful systems without them. However, these hobbyists also realize the importance of regular partial water changes for the aquarium and how important water changes are to the health and well-being of the animals in their care. Okay, so there you have the, in a nutshell, reason uh, reasons for having a protein skimmer and if you really need one. All right, um, let me see here. By not running a protein skimmer, you really do need to stay on top of those water changes. Otherwise, you will start to see nuisance algae growth cropping up all over the place, especially if you have high output lighting. Okay, the initial expense of getting a good protein skimmer is justified in the peace of mind it gives the hobbyist an overall water quality improvement it can provide. All right. Um, last but not least, running a system without a skimmer and without live rock would seem to be Someone that is just trying to A, set themselves up for failure, or B, they like bashing their heads against walls. I don't think too many people like doing that. So if you're planning on a system without live rock and no protein skimmer, I would simply ask why. Make the system as easy to maintain as possible, and chances are you will be chances are you will be able to enjoy it more. There you help. There man. There you go. I'm trying <laughs> oh, Okay. Stick with me, guys. Stick with me here. Okay. Now, I have one other source, then I'm going to get to Fish of the Week that I'm actually going to choose live on the podcast. Fish of the Week for the first time ever, not being predetermined because I forgot to do it on today, episode number five of the podcast. All right, I found another cool website here. It's called Saltwater Smarts. Um, The reason that I gravitated to this is the title of the article is What a Difference a Good Protein Skimmer Makes. And this is one of the biggest things that is hard to really find and identify. And not a lot of people talk about it in, um, you know, concrete, uh, in a concrete way, right? So I was hoping, and I already read this, uh, that this person talks about the difference they saw in their actually, in their, in their aquarium after they moved to a good protein skimmer, okay? So, here we go. Um, In essence, this guy was upgrading from a 75-gallon reef tank to a 125. Ooh-wee, right? Pretty big tank, all right? They, uh, this, person, this person purchased more intense lighting, okay? And he said it kicked the growth of algae into high gear, in the 125 gallon every day sometimes twice a day 
I would have to run the algae magnet over the entire tank interior to prevent the algae from building up to a point where it completely obscured the panes. I knew I had to set up nutrient export in a major way before things really spiraled out of control. So, before a good protein skimmer, this guy was cleaning his tank glass two times a day to basically prevent the algae from becoming so thick that he couldn't even see into the aquarium very well. Okay, so there's your before, okay? He goes on to say that he changed his sump setup a little bit, um, but he purchased this this newer skimmer that was much better uh, than his old one. His old one didn't work very good. It didn't get much skimmate. It didn't pull much out of the tank, so he decided to purchase a new one, okay? So here's the after, all right? Even more encouraging, okay, so this is about, um, oh, this was just, the, the paragraph before this, he was saying the skimmer's performance is very good, saying it's pulling a bunch out of water, a bunch of stuff out of water, a bunch of gunk, that kind of thing. Okay, so then he goes on to say, even more encouraging is the fact that the algae buildup on the tank glass has declined steadily from a heavy buildup developing over a over just a matter of hours, it quickly dropped down to a light buildup over the course of a day, and now it's down to what I would consider a more reasonable rate of growth, requiring moderate cleaning once every several days. Not bad, I'd say. So, you go from somebody who had to clean their glass on their aquarium two times a day to cleaning it once every several days. Now, it's not eliminating the cleaning completely, but it's definitely helping. So, you know, that is kind of a good example of what a protein skimmer can do for you if you choose to go that route. Now, keep in mind, some of them are pretty expensive. So really, you have to ask yourself, how serious are you about this hobby? And I would think the other factor is how large is your tank? If you have a 10-gallon tank or even a 20-gallon tank, you know, in some cases, even a 30-gallon tank, you probably don't need a protein skimmer if you're willing to keep up with your water changes. But for a larger system, a larger aquarium, a protein skimmer is definitely something that you will want to consider, you know, moving forward to help make your life a little bit easier. Okay, so now it's time for the fish of the week. Um, Since I did not choose the fish of the week beforehand, I'm going to choose it live so bear with me as I ramble a little bit and I'm going to choose hmm okay I'm gonna go with this fish you guys don't don't know what it is yet it is called a dispar antheus now I'm going with a dispar antheus because I owned one at one point in time. I did. Uh, when I owned the, my my Dispar, it was when I first started out with my BioCube. I think I added too many fish too quickly to the system, um, compounded with the fact that these fish are super sketchy in terms of like being scared of freaking everything. They're afraid of everything. But that being said, um, if you have a larger tank and you have a lot of places for them to hide... And you make sure that when you purchase one of these fish that they're eating well at the store that you're purchasing from. I think you'll have a lot of luck with them. And they they look awesome. Like they're super colorful. 
Um, they're really beautiful additions to your tank. So that is why the Dispart Antheus is my fish of the week. So now I am on Live Aquaria here, and I'm going to go through and talk to you a little bit about it. They say the minimum tank size is 70 gallons. Holy jeez, man, that's huge. I, I disagree with that. I'd probably say 40. Care level moderate, temperament peaceful, reef compatible, yes. Uh, max size 4 inches, color form uh, orange, purple, red, white, yellow. You hear all those like bright colors. That's why it looks so awesome. Okay, I'm going to read you the uh dis- the overview oh and there's one good customer testimonial here from blake h from atlanta georgia way to go blake all right overview the dispar anthony and i went over half an hour i'm sorry i always i don't even know why i bother trying um the dispar antheus is commonly known as the matter sea perch hmm. males have a bright red dorsal fin and lack any stripes on their tail the female may display a yellowish orange on the top and a pale lavender to white on the underside i had a female um the dispar antheus is a reef inhabitant in the wild it is a shallow shallow water species that thrives best in a 125 gallon aquarium with one male and up to 10 females gosh dang son one male 10 females all right when housed singly 70 gallon tank is a fish. I feel that's big. All right. Well, they maybe they know more than me. Okay. Um, once acclimated to a new aquarium, Antheus do best when fed a varied fed a varied diet of frozen mysis shrimp, enriched frozen brine shrimp, and over time may eat high quality flake foods offered in small quantities throughout the day. Small quantities throughout the day, like who? Who does that, right? An attached refugium cultivating copepods and amphiopods provides a steady supply of nutritious live food sure to keep this active planktivore content. All right. You disparianthius, you crazy, you crazy fish, you. All right, let's read Blake's testimonial, and then we'll get the heck out of here, and then you guys can have a good Christmas. All right. This guy says, full of personality. When I first received this fish, it was quite, he spelled received wrong, it was quite docile and hid in the back of my tank. Yep. Now he demands attention in every part of my tank. He loves to buddy up with the fish for the day, especially my over-aggressive yellow tang. He never tries to bully any of my fish and adds unique color to my tank. So there you go. Blake is backing up my fish of the day pick, fish of the week pick fish of the episode pick i don't know i'm doing this i'm just making things up as i go so all right oh shoot i didn't do a youtube channel highlight this week dang i gotta i feel like i need to i need to like poll i need to poll the 10 people that listen to this and ask them what i should do all right so anyways i want to thank you guys so much for checking out episode five of the fish tank guy podcast i hope you have a merry christmas and a happy new year if i don't get another podcast before the end of the year and um if that's the case i will see you guys in 2018 so all right have a good one see you guys later